Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. So keep your love. I don't get enough of it. Jesus just rose again. Listen to the kids. Welcome to Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. My name is Travis Bean, and today we are having a very, 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 three very special conversation with one of our favorite people to interact on Twitter with. This is the first time I've spoken to him, though, so this is a big, big day for me. Sorry Chris couldn't be here. Still on his honeymoon, but I'm reaping all the benefits today because I get to sit down with Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson? Alex M. Johnson? What do you go by? Uh, Alex Johnson. Alex Johnson. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you? Oh, you know, uh, as we were discussing before, we're both in the Chicago area and it's snowing today. We get our first snowfall of the summer, which is kind of a bummer that happened before <laughs> November because you really, I, the other day I went outside, it was like 50-ish degrees mm-hmm. and it wasn't too windy. Like the, the trees were just turning colors and I feel kind of weird admitting this, but like I kind of just stood outside for like a solid 20 minutes. <laughs> I, yeah. I, only, I only went outside to like take out the trash or something. Then I just kind of like stood outside for a while and you know, our falls are like gorgeous and then they last like two weeks and then it just starts snowing. I remember, um, uh, one day I went into school and it was like 60 degrees when I went out and 40 when I walked back out of school and I was like, well, that's it. It's over. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed seeing the the red leaves because soon they'll be gone. Yeah. (sighs) Um, but you know what? Let's not focus on that kind of stuff. Let's focus on the good things like Kanye West. How about that? <laughs> I, I very much agree. <laughs> because last time I checked, you're still a Kanye fan, right? It hasn't changed since the last time I saw you on Twitter. You know, I go back and forth sometimes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge Kanye fan. Yeah, you, you've stuck through him through thick and thin. Yeah. Um, so to start broadly, um, oh, by the way, this is a story. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, this is a very special store yay episode. We we coined the term, we've trademarked it. Uh, we did our first one four and a half years ago of Jordan, and I mean, look at us now. We're, we're here. With, you just did uh, Jordan on the last episode too. I know. Yeah, Jordan's he's a series regular. Although that was the first time we've talked to Jordan in a while on not like a an a episode or not a a song dissection. That was just Jordan like being naked and bare, <laughs> and it was it was beautiful. Um, poured his soul. Heart and soul out to us about about faith, religion, his his youth. Oh yeah, that got that got that conversation got deep. I was surprised. I, 
I, it was funny because like Jordan's like, what are we going to talk about at the beginning of the episode? I'm like, I don't know. Like uh, whatever happens, happens. And then like, that's the kind when you, when you don't have a plan, like those are the paths you can go down. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's the guarantee we, we give on this show. Like we have no plan for any of the episodes. <laughs> you just, you outlined, we're talking about this song and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later, we're talking about, Paul Verhoeven, uh, yeah. Showgirls. And- it's such a funny, like, comparison to, like, Dissect, who scripts out, like, they script out everything very meticulously. He spends, like, 20 hours on an episode writing yeah. it and all of that. And you guys are just like, all right, let's just do this and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we are the polar opposite of Dissect. It's been well documented. Um, <laughs> yes. And we're okay with that, because you know what? I mean, you're still offering pretty much the same, like, great lyrical analysis content. It's just right, in different right. forms. Yeah, the stupider form. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I prefer like bantery. <laughs> you just have uh, more so, side conversations that go nowhere. Yeah, dear God. I, we've actually tried to cut down on it a little bit, which is scary to think that we are actually cutting down on it. Um, there's been times I've had to cut out conversations and I feel terrible about it. But <laughs> I, You need to I, keep those episodes a little under two hours. Yeah, okay. I think we've been pretty good lately, although... I remember this. I entertained the thought of uh, releasing bonus episodes where we keep all of the shit in. But I don't think anyone. <laughs> I'm wondering, I've always wondered the monster episode is like two hours long and you had both Jordan and Jeannie on it. And it's mm-hmm. just this monster episode. I'm wondering how much got cut from that. Uh, actually, those were the days where we weren't really cutting much. So it, it's oh. all there. That is actually, Nothing I think, maybe my favorite, episode of, my favorite episode of your show, though. Yeah, that was uh yeah. Go listen to the monster episode. Uh, but for now, let's uh, let's go back to the very beginning. Alex Johnson, what age were you when you first heard Kanye West? Um, I'd say I just growing up when Kanye was getting big, my dad would throw on MTV all the time. That was just like his default. And so I heard Gold Digger, Stronger, Touch the Sky every once in a while. But it wasn't till 2016 I sat down and listened to like a full Kanye album. Mm. Uh, it was because Dissect, who I had uh, gotten into because of their Tim of a Butterfly season, which I really enjoyed. They said that announced their next season was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. And I was like, well, I guess I should listen to the album if I'm going to listen to the season. And I was like absolutely blown away. Mm-hmm. I before was like, you listened to the, the podcast. Before I listened to the podcast, I remember putting on Dark Fantasy and just hearing that choir come in mm-hmm. with those little background vocals. And then it like explodes into this full, like the full piano and choir. It was gorgeous and i wasn't expecting it at all because i had grown up seeing only the like um the headlines of kanye and the taylor swift moment i'd seen all of that so i didn't really know what to make of kanye but i heard Mm. that and i was like this is brilliant wow that's really interesting to me to think about being like too young to listen to my not that there's like an age limit to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy but to think like you could be at an age where like the Taylor Swift incident happens and you just like kind of know about Kanye and know like he is this guy who did this thing. And to where is like, you know, I was, I had already graduated college and I was like, I was in deep, like it was a full on Kanye stand. And 
like I experienced all that at once. It's really funny to me to think about someone who just like your impression of Gandhi was just like, oh, he's that crazy guy. Yeah, that was exactly it. I was like, oh, he's the guy the president called a jackass once. Like that was my impression of him. <laughs> That's so nuts. To, to, I, I actually am like kind of um, envious of that in a way. I mean, I love the I loved being part of the atmosphere when my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that came out, but to have like a, a clear lens, I guess, because then you get to go back and understand mm-hmm. Connie at that time. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. coloring the way you think about him. There aren't like, you know, the headlines aren't there when you yeah. wake up in the morning. Like you just like, oh. I get to look at it all at once. Go- yeah, this guy was like going through a lot and you get to like mm-hmm. understand it all at once. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that was re- it was really nice to have that pers- looking backwards perspective of being able to contextualize all of it because it had all happened so long ago when I got to Kanye. It also makes me feel weird that there are people that get into Kanye after our show premiered. So like, <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you suddenly become a Kanye fan, like, and you go on, you know, Apple Podcasts, like, we're there, like, yep. we've every song. That, that's exactly what happened. Um, I listened after I listened to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I was like, okay, I need to listen to more of this stuff. So I went back and I listened to every single album in order. And that was all I listened to for like a month was just Kanye albums. So I just went in order, got it, got through all of them. And the ones that didn't click for me were Yeezus and Life of Pablo. All of the other mm-hmm. ones, I got it. I got why people love them. Yeezus and Pablo took some time sonically to grow on me, mm-hmm. but also lyrically, I felt like I didn't have a way in. I felt like they were just so brash and so like at the time I thought simple that Mm -hmm. it just didn't like resonate with me at all. And then I remembered that dissected said something about um, Cole had said something about uh, your guys' show on the hell of a life episode. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that might, you know, your show might be worth a shot if it's going to at least give me some grounding for enjoying these albums. And so I listened to your, you, you, chat, you had episodes that were just like a one hour overview of the entire Yeezus, entire Pablo narratives. And yeah. I listened to those and I was like blown <laughs> away. Because it was like, you, you were like trying to pack so much into an hour long episode. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is too yeah. much. We had a time limit at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were just like, can we do this? We did. Yeah, and then um, I went back and I listened to all the episodes and I got to understanding the narratives of those two albums and it was like blew my mind how complex, how dense, how well articulated all of it was. Yeah, it's uh it's a strange process because like even though we know generally of the narrative and I've heard Jesus a billion times, like every time I go back to Jesus and I write about it or I talk with Chris about it, like I'm always discovering new things. Like Oh, yeah. The album has so many bits and nuances that, that like, we need to do, like, five seasons on Yeezus. Like, we yeah. could just go through every song on each season and I mean, keep finding new shit. I could talk about the first, like, two seconds of just that synthesizer noise for, like, an hour. Because yeah. there's just, like, that is the, like, epitome of the whole album. It's so brash. It's, like, characterization through sound. It's yeah. just, like, it blows my mind that that's how the album starts. And it starts it with such a you know, in such a perfect way. Hmm. I'm curious, um, were you an aspiring audio engineer back when you started first getting into Kanye? Uh, It was around the same time. Uh, It was a little after, I want to say. I want to say I started 
no, it might've been a year later. It was 2017. I started making music. So yeah, it was a, le- a year later. I just started making my own music and I didn't know if it was going to go anywhere. Um, I kind of thought of it as just a hobby. And then eventually I got to a place where it was like, okay, I enjoy doing this so much. I want to pursue a career in audio. Interesting. So like, as you're learning those skills, like is being a Kanye fan interesting to you? Like, are you learning stuff from his music? Oh, absolutely. Sampling for sure. I definitely like just recontextualizing ideas. Like that's why blood on the leaves is so inspiring to me. It's like, he takes these two samples that have no business being anywhere near each other. And he makes something Mm -hmm. so beautiful out of it. Like, that kind of inspires me to look at, to, you know, think about a sample and thinking, okay, how can I hear this in a completely different way from where it already is? And I try and do that with some of my beats where I'll find a sample and be like, how can I move this to something just completely different from what it is? Yeah. It's interesting. And before Kanye, like what was your level of uh, like, what kind of music did you listen to? Were you really into music? I was getting there i was like as i've become a kanye fan i've become a music fan uh i've always been around music i've always loved music um i've been to concert i went to concerts with my dad i was always listening to music but i didn't really pursue music until i became a kanye fan mm-hmm. and i started finding all these connections to like oh i enjoy kanye i should check out kid cuddy oh i enjoy you know this song i should check out nina simone like just finding all those connections in his music leads me to all these different artists. And it gave me this hunger to like, want to constantly find new music that I enjoy. For sure. It was it mostly hip hop or was it just music in general? It started out as hip hop. It started out like, I love Ken- Kanye, Kendrick, Tyler, the creator, Travis Scott, Kid Cudi. Like it started with that. And then eventually it was like, okay, now I enjoy, you know, Joanna Newsome. And now I enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. Nina Simone and all these other artists. And now I've just kind of become like, I constantly seek out new music to listen yeah. to no matter what genre. I love that. It, it Usually uh, I feel like it goes down like the genre route. Like for me early on, like I got obsessed with Modest Mouse and Radiohead. And like mm-hmm. from there I found like a ton of indie rock, but Kanye was my gateway to hip hop because I had just never, you know, <laughs> weird, I, weird. Uh, <laughs> I have a weird tangent about like, how also samples help me find new music. Cause I found out about modest mouse through a Lupe fiasco song. Oh, it's really? all these samples. It's uh the show goes on samples. Uh, that one modest mouse song that got big. Float on. Float on. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I just think it's interesting though that, um, God, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say that, you know, early on, like I, I had this uh, approach to music where like, Oh, I need to like the music. Everyone tells me to like. Like I, I had I'm getting into hip hop, so I need to listen to a track called Quest, mm-hmm. and I need to listen to Ghetto Boys. Like I gotta go back to the very beginning. I gotta listen to fucking like I gotta I gotta experience it all, take it all in, and I found myself like really disengaged. Mm-hmm. I um, had that too until I found Kanye, and then I realized like there was just something. I mean, I can respect all that music, and I respect where it led, but like nothing never clicked in my brain until Kanye. And I, I feel like in a lot of ways, Kanye allowed me to really embrace the kind of music I like and not be ashamed for it. Whereas before, like, I think I felt kind of ashamed when, mm-hmm. you know, a tribe called quest didn't click for me. And like, I'm reading articles and historic, you know, biographies. Oh, yeah. Trying to make it all work when, when it comes down to it, like I can respect the greatness yeah. without like wanting to listen to it. 
I was one of those like to pimp a butterfly is a masterpiece. It's a perfect album people for a while. And then I realized I started skipping songs on it. You know, when I was listening to it, yeah. I was like, you know, how much a dollar costs? The beat doesn't really do much for me. Skip. Like, and then I kind of realized, wait, I can't really call this a perfect album. If I'm not really, if I think this beat isn't very interesting, you know, mm. if I'm not really enjoying all the songs. And that's when I kind of realized I don't need to fit in with all this. I can just think what I want to think about music. The same thing happened when like, you know, everybody, when you get into hip hop, everybody tells you to listen to Illmatic. And so I listened to Illmatic like five, six, seven times in a row, trying to like force myself to enjoy it. And at the end of the day, I was just like, you know, I don't really enjoy it. And that's, I don't think I'm ever going to enjoy it. If mm -hmm. I just keep forcing myself to listen to it over and over again. I did the same thing like you did where you said you were like reading articles and you were like trying to force yourself to get it, but you can learn everything about an artist. And if the music doesn't resonate, the music doesn't resonate. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where I started connecting with Kanye. And I wonder if you had the same path where, you know, you were turned off by Jesus, the life of Pablo. And I was definitely turned off by Jesus at the beginning. But I think my reaction was more, it wasn't a negative reaction. It was just like an uncomfortable reaction. Yeah, like I, if an album is boring, if I find an album boring, I'm less likely to return to it. If I find an album weird, like it doesn't do things for me in an interesting way, like Jesus, it didn't click with me in ways that were interesting, mm -hmm. then I'm more likely to go back to it and find things that I do enjoy about it. Yeah, and I think... I feel like that's the cycle of a Kanye fan. Why every time I say I like a Kanye album, someone comes back to me and says like, no, it's trash. No, like Kanye's lost his way. Like, I think the reaction to Kanye is always like, oh, he did something different. And when yeah. you do something different and something that's not familiar, mm -hmm. your immediate reaction is to repel. Yeah. Uh, and like, it's interesting to think like, that's what you were really going through in your early part of like understanding Kanye and getting into his mu music is that, you start out with the my beef with dark twisted fantasy, the college dropout, eight oh eight, Jesus. <laughs> These all sound wildly different. Like how exactly, you, what is the reaction to somebody with that diverse of a discography? It was the, it was this the, one of the reasons I think I love Kanye so much is that he's never ever boring. He's always evolving. He's always doing something different, you know. And that like no matter what, even if you don't like what he's doing. You can't say Kanye is doing something boring every time, even if you don't like what he's releasing. He's doing something interesting. He's doing something different, which mm -hmm. is kind of what makes me gravitate towards it because it's something, you know, I never know what, you know, what's going to come next with his sound. He just released an actual gospel album. Like, I have no idea what's going to come next. And I'm always excited to find out. Mm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, and I guess going up beyond the music now, it, it, again, you've only been a Kanye fan for three years and, you know, you're young and you're part of like a generation like behind mine. Like, I I'm actually really curious about this, like how Kanye's perceived to someone your age and to the people around you at your age, especially in the last couple of years when like, 
Kanye's always been like pretty crazy. And I don't mean like crazy, like mentally and say, but I mean like he's crazy. Like George Bush doesn't <laughs> care about every, black people. Yeah. All that stuff. That's whatever he's thinking. Um, what, like, what's it like at your age to be such a Kanye fan and have to react to him in like your setting, like in your high school around your friends and everything? Uh, I remember people, my friends, I didn't talk to them about Kanye much, but they knew I was a Kanye fan. And I remember them like making, you know, you know, making fun of me for the whole Trump stuff and all of that. Like I remember that. Yeah. I remember that getting little jabs here and there. And I just, you know, I figured it's not worth going into all of the very complex stuff to go into there. So I'd just laugh it off. It's, it's weird having this, like, because we're in a very progressive era right now. And I, I just want to uh, nail down something. So when you say, like, they make fun of you, like, that to me is, like, an interesting way to phrase it because generation, what are you guys, Z, X? What oh, is it I, have no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing, like, all these different names for it. Like, you guys are, in a way, I, again, romanticize, like, very uh, political and strong and progressive. And uh, it, to me, it, it makes sense that so many people have the reaction they have to Kanye when he does and George Trump, when he puts on the MAGA hat. Like, mm-hmm. I, I understand the vehemency someone has to, uh, well, I guess another generation's idol doing that. <laughs> I don't know if mm-hmm. Kanye's an idol to your generation anymore. I, I, can't, I mm-hmm. honestly can't. I, w- I wouldn't say so. Um, so I, I guess like when you say make fun, like, is it, is it really make fun or is it like, do you feel outside and different because you like Kanye? I do feel outside and different. Uh, my friends that are into music, they're into like, I don't want to say snobby, but they like, uh, you know, more, they like things like, you know, ska punk and they like, which I also enjoy, but they like, Mm -hmm. you know, just core rock, ska punks, you know folk music like they like that section of music pop hip-hop that's not their thing mm. i'm i traverse both so i actually have like literally no one actually i talk to like mm-hmm. my girlfriend about that kind of stuff because she's the only other person i really talk to who keeps up with it whereas i don't <laughs> really have that touch point with my friends and so i do feel kind of outside their perspective on music yeah that's really funny to me because like Connie was you know the biggest <laughs> when I was mm-hmm. in high school. Um, but I guess even going beyond the music though, like, do you feel outside for, because cancel culture, like you're not allowed to like Kanye because of what he did. Like, does, is that weird to deal with? No, I don't say nobody's told me like, I can't like Kanye because of what he mm-hmm. did. I don't think it's ever that extreme. I think it's more just, you know, funny to them that okay. I like that. I enjoy someone who supports a very controversial figure whose politics yeah. are not widely agreed with where I live. Right. Again, that's just like, it's kind of amusing to me because when you go on Twitter, that's not really the reaction. Like I've been scolded and shamed and oh, I, I, told I'm going to hell because I like Kanye, but that's not really the reaction people give you like in your personal life. No, no. Plus, I don't really interact with my friends that much about Kanye just because it's kind of a weird thing to talk about because I'm so deep into the music (laughs) and they are so outside of that. Like, I don't even think they know how deep I am into the music. (laughs) If only they could see your Twitter. 
Yeah, no, some of them do check my Twitter. Some of them have like set, seen my Twitter and they're, they're like, you tweet about Kanye a <laughs> lot. <laughs> well, wait till they hear this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Maybe doubt I'm going to tell them about this. Yeah, I would not. Um, I will be sending them all a link though. Oh, good. Richard, Karen, are these young people names? I'm so detached. Um, uh, oh, so, okay, so that's interesting to me that, uh, I guess actually too beyond your friends, like do you get that sense in your, in your school at all then? Like, uh, like do people hate Kanye and then if they, it, you feel kind of scared if they found out you like him that you'd be shunned or something? No, I, you know, I see, uh, you know, kids every once in a while wearing like a St. Pablo shirt or a Yeezus shirt. So I wouldn't say he's like reviled at all. I'd say there are some people in the school, if I said that too, they'd be kind of upset about it. But (laughs) I'd say for the most part, it's generally pretty tolerant or at least the politics are never brought up. Also, again, very interesting to me because you are in the Chicago area. You would think like people would love Kanye. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, like you said, it's like we're growing up in this weird generation where Kanye isn't this new, like, huge artist. He's just been a mainstay in popular music for so long. He's just another Drake. He's just another, like, Taylor Swift, somebody who's just there, who's been there for so yeah. long now that he just kind of, like, we're used to it by now. We're used to him being part of the cultural landscape. That's so funny to me that, that it's just a whole different perspective that I'm trying to write. Oh yeah. Like on, I but... grew up knowing Kanye was a superstar. Yeah. You know, I didn't have this, Oh my God, who's this new rapper out of Chicago <laughs> who's doing beats for Jay. I never had that. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, so I guess going beyond since uh, it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal for you to be a Kanye fan amongst your friends and everything. Like, I guess just to you personally, with whatever your beliefs and ideas are about, about life, about politics, about society, like what's it like for you to be a Kanye fan? Because I mean, personally me, like I definitely don't always agree with Kanye and it's weird mm-hmm. for me to not just balance liking his music, but like having a show where I talk about him a lot. Like yeah. it's weird. It's a weird state to be in when, and again, I don't know if you agree or don't agree with Kanye and a lot of stuff he does, but like, What's that like for you to be to have all that that mix of emotions surrounding such a controversial artist that you are? Yeah, no, I definitely have that because I definitely I listen to his music and I'm like, oh my god, this person is a genius. But then I look at, you know, some of the stuff I've come around on, like the Trump thing. I, you know, I understand now some of the stuff he said. I, you know, have an understanding for, but he still says stuff like the thing he said about Kim a couple weeks ago. He's like, he doesn't like her wearing certain outfits, like things like that. (laughs) Still like put me in a weird place where I'm like, that doesn't sit right with me. But at the same time, I like, I don't think anything he says comes from a place of like hatred. Right. I don't think anything he does is trying to do something negative. I think he likes expressing how he feels. And I think he's even said before that like, he just says what's on his mind and he lets people correct him. Like he wants people to correct him so he'll learn from it but it's still weird when he throws out things like that. And it's just like, Ugh, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. It's, it's a weird give and take with Kanye because mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of people are inspired by Kanye because he does speak his mind and because he's kind of fearless in that way. So again, like with somebody like that, who is that fearless, like there's, there's good and bad. Like sometimes you say stuff that's really inspirational and moving 
and something you think people need to hear. And sometimes you think like, man, like, did you think before you said that? Or like, Mm -hmm. would he say that like two weeks from now when like he thinks about it a little bit more and like has a different tune on it? Like, I don't know. I I guess, are you in, like, does Kanye as a person inspire you in that way? Like, are you inspired by like the way he is and conducts himself? Uh, Somewhat. I like the, like, he inspires me to like speak my mind, but I try, I keep it lower stakes, you know, like, (laughs) Here's well, my thoughts on this music artist, like, as opposed to like, here's my thoughts on the political campaign with like, yeah. just like no actual regard for the actual politics of it. So I try and keep it to lower stakes things and have more nuanced considered, you know, I look yeah. at all of like the, you know, I, have to, I get to vote in the next election. Like I actually want to look at what's happening. So yeah. I, I think I'm inspired to speak my mind on some things, but at the same time, I also don't want to speak my mind on everything if I'm not informed. That's really interesting. So like Kanye looks to inspire people to speak their minds because like by speaking his mind, mm-hmm. but he kind of like has inspired you <laughs> to be more thoughtful. Yeah. The way honestly, <laughs> sometimes he inspires me to do the opposite because, you know, yeah. I like being able to be articulate with what I say. You know, so I don't want to be saying things like, you know, slavery sounds like a choice. I want to express that. No, I want to express the idea of, you know, we are still, you know, enslaved by the constructs of society that are, you know, putting us in positions that we can't get out of. I want to express that in a more nuanced way. Totally. uh, So I try and do that as opposed to just saying the first thing that hits my brain. Yeah. uh, I mean, that's again, that's part of both the beauty and the pain of, of being a Kanye fan. Like yeah. I really do love him for being that fearless though. Like there's something, mm-hmm. I guess just because like no one else really does it. Oh yeah. It, people who do do it to me aren't likable. Like don't do it from a place of love to where like, I think Kanye aims to do good and bring people together. He just, has a very strange way of doing it sometimes. He's the he's like the only major celebrity who I feel like has total control of his image. I feel like he sure. has total control of what he says and does. Whereas all these other like you never see Drake or Beyonce saying what he says. Like they are so like we have to act like this because we have all of these fans. We have all you know. I can't imagine Jay Z or someone like that doing what Kanye does. Yeah. Whereas Kanye just says whatever. And I think that's inspiring in its own way that he's at that level and still has that confidence where, and he maintains his fame while still doing all those controversial things that nobody else at his level does. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Um, So with all that said, um, with all the flood of emotions you have about Kanye heading into yay, what was the yay listening experience like for you? Well, for context, uh, I'm pretty close to it because my dad is bipolar. Hmm. So um, I'm very close to the subject matter. Uh, And it was a very emotional first listen. First of all, it was exciting just because it was my first time listening to a Kanye album live with everybody else. That was a lot of fun. But it was this very, at least it started as this very dark album. and. I could really feel all of the things he was going through on it. Like that opening of I thought about killing you was like terrifying. (laughs) 
to me because I'm so close to it. And I've been lucky enough to not see it happen, but I've heard about it happen and it's genuinely terrifying. So that so it's all. Is what you're reacting to just for, cause maybe not everyone knows how we dissect the song. Like mm-hmm. it starts in this kind of spoken word where Kanye's, you know, all the most beautiful thoughts are besides the darkest. And then he ramps up a little bit. And by the end of the song, he's a completely different person. Is that what you're connecting with? Uh, well, first listen, I'm, generally listening for the music it was those chords that francis and the lights is doing like that just like that plus the way kanye was speaking was very ominous and like off-putting in a very intentional way Mm -hmm. but all of that just really provoked a lot in me and it was a very intense first listen especially to that song i think because that is i think the most tense song on the album maybe all mine is the most tense but that song is very tense Mm-hmm. When when Kanye is doing tense things, he uses this specific chord. That's a very intentionally tense tense chord. He uses it on Selah as well. It's a, a dominant seventh chord, which has um, a tritone in it, which is a dissonant interval. So he'll use that, and it creates this very tense feeling. Interesting. And I guess the album as a whole. How are you going beyond? I thought about killing you, like what do you get from that album by the end of it by violent crimes? Like what is speaking to you about what you've had to deal with in your personal life? It is really, really a beautiful album. It's just a very cathartic listen to get from front to back. And you have it starting. And I thought about killing you and ending with violent crimes. And you have this push and pull there of these extremely conflicting sides of the album and so getting through all of that and having the light at the end, it's a very optimistic album by the end of it. Mm-hmm. And that's always made it an album I can turn to when I'm feeling upset about something, when I'm you know going through something, because by the end of it, it's a more calmed, more relaxed place, at least a more optimistic place. It's really interesting, like because you must have connected with it on some deeper level going beyond like connecting with the subject matter. It really was the first album you got to experience like live. Yeah. Was something, do you think that was coloring your impression of it? Uh, I'd say that first listen experience of being online with everyone and talking, giving all those first reactions was part of it. I think that's mm-hmm. part of the reason I enjoyed it so much because I have that good, those good memories of listening to it attached to it. Yeah. So I, I definitely say that was part of it. And then not that, like a ton changed between Ye and Jesus is King as far as like Kanye's public image, like people still like <laughs> hate him and he still loves Trump mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. it, but is there anything leading up to Jesus is King that's changed for you as a Kanye fan? Well, I am not religious. So mm-hmm. it was, I won't say weird. It was interesting to see Kanye go down this extremely religious, you know, extremely religious path and, just full dive head into it, dive head on into it. Um, he's always talked about religion in his music and it's always been a theme, but this was the first time he was like devoting an entire album to praising Jesus, which was at first kind of unsettling for me, not being a Christian and having all these conflicting ideas about religion. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like I attended Sunday service when he brought it to Chicago and it was a worship service, but 
I think I still get a lot out of that because music in itself is spiritual. Even if I don't believe in a religion, I still get something out of music. Yeah, that that's that's interesting because it, you have a very uh, detached relationship from religion. Like it's not part of your life at all. To whereas like, you know, in Jordan and I's episode, we were heavily discussing how it was like, like a huge part of like the way we grew up. Like that must be weird to feel detached from a subject matter for the artists you care more about anyone in the world. Yeah, I mean... I think at the end of the day, the root of Kanye's albums is always about bettering himself. Yeah. It's always about looking at your faults and getting to a better place, which is something I can always relate to, even if he puts different filters on it. You know, he puts, you know, uh, you know, an idea of Christianity over it. He puts the idea of marriage over it, or he puts the idea of being bipolar over it. I still always relate to that key, like, bettering yourself theme. Mm-hmm. So I guess then what was the Jesus is King listening like or listening experience like for you? That album dropped in what, like the middle of the day on Friday. So I was Mm -hmm. sitting at the lunch table, listening to the music (laughs) while all my friends around me were talking. So (laughs) it was a very, like, it was hard to focus on the first list. I was trying not to react too strongly to the music as in, you know, it's to not seem like weird to my friends. But I was like being absolutely blown away when, you know, Selah came on and it was just this, yeah. it was huge. You know, it feels like there's just a choir around you singing. And it's got these huge drums and, you know, sound effects. It, it just sounds gigantic. So it, that first listen to Selah was really difficult for me to like try and keep myself composed because I was like (laughs) trying not to sit there with my mouth open like oh my god this is incredible uh and then I was still I was basically just trying to enjoy the album while trying not to seem like I was enjoying something as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) interesting I I honestly expected you to kind of go the other way that maybe you weren't quite connecting with it on the first listen but I think, well, like I said, first listen, I'm always just listening for music, mm-hmm. not lyrics. And so just music-wise, I was really, really enjoying it. I was enjoying, you know, the flow on Follow God, the beat on, you know, the singing on God is, the beat, the beat on On God. I was just really enjoying all of that. And then in subsequent listens, I was looking more at the subject matter and looking more at the lyrics and what was happening there. And how's that been? Um, it's been conflicting trying to piece together what Kanye is doing here because it's sound wise, maybe his most avant-garde album, but lyric wise, it feels, I don't want to say it seems like it doesn't tackle as much as some of his, as like Ye does or as Mm. Pablo does because those albums all have these sections with dense lyrics, whereas he Jesus is King feels very spare. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean. Lyrically, it's pretty, 
thin, which to, I, I don't mean that as an insult at all. Mm-hmm. Like some of the songs are like under two minutes long. Like, yeah, it's thin. not that they're not deep. It's just that there's so little <laughs> of them. Right. I guess. And I think uh, what you're saying about it sonically makes sense is that, and I've said this like five times, but I'm going to say it again. Like to me, Jesus keep feels like a journal, int- like a bunch of journal entries in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's more about the emotion you're getting from somebody mm-hmm. spilling out their feelings and thoughts about something and less about needing like a lot of lyrics. I guess. Like to me, that's not where the power of the album is. And that's oh, not yeah. even the story of the album is. So I think I understand that reaction. A lot of people are having that like, the lyrics just seem kind of ordinary and like typical of anybody going through like rebirth of their Christianity. Yeah. And like, I at least admire that Kanye is doing worship music in a unique way because I despise most worship music because it's so trite. It's just, I love God. I love God. I love God. And I'm just like, okay, that's enough of that. Whereas at least Kanye, I think on a basic level is at least addressing things You know, he's looking at more nuanced sides of Christianity more than just praise God, praise God. So I at least was able to appreciate that from it. Even if I, I'm still like looking at the lyrics and I'm still trying to dissect everything that's happening on the album because it still feels like it has the same half, half and half thing that Ye and Kid See Ghosts do. You guys talked about the 313 and this one kind of has a 515. I definitely hear that and it's still struggling trying to piece together what each song specifically is doing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And again, I think this is kind of someone on Twitter, one of the few people I've ever engaged with, I don't know why I did it. um, Was like, you have to listen to a Connie album like over and over to understand it. Like, is that, is that really, is that the sign of a good art? And I'm like, I guess I don't know if it's a sign of good art, I think it's a sign of me like caring about an artist mm-hmm. because I don't think any piece of art, if you really truly want to fully understand it and connect with it, it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. certain images and sounds can wash over you and they can have profound transcendent effect. But I think when it comes to truly engaging and connecting of something like, yeah, I want to pour myself into it and mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. With Jesus is game because I love Kanye. And even if the album isn't for me, like I'm going to get at least to a point where I understand it and appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I imagine that's kind of the boat you're in. Yeah. There's not many artists I do that for, for, do that for, but Kanye is definitely one of them where I'm like, even if I don't enjoy this album, which I do, but even if I don't enjoy it, I'm at least going to consider it enough to appreciate the good things it's doing. Because I think Kanye is at that level where you know, he's always doing something that's forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you said it was his most avant-garde album sound wise, like any color you want to add to that? Like, what are you hearing that is like completely different than anything before? Uh, it's just, I think about like, Jesus has always been the go-to, like this is Kanye's most experimental album, but mm-hmm. there are albums that are, that do have, you know, house influence and do have drill influence and are industrial hip-hop you know and i wouldn't say Jesus is totally comparable to those but there are albums that have sort of the similar 
it kind of gets on my nerves when people compare death grips to Jesus because it's such like an <laughs> easy way to minimize yeah. what Jesus is doing. It's like the go-to, oh, they're just doing what death grips was doing in 2012. And I'm like, well, not at all, actually. <laughs> um, but then I try to think about like, there's not a single album I can think of that sounds like Jesus is King. It sounds like nothing else I've heard before. Yeah. It's like Kanye called Life of Pablo a gospel album, but I think it's a hip hop Kanye album with a lot of gospel influences, whereas this really does feel like Kanye's take on gospel. Right. I think that's why he starts it with an actual, just honest to God gospel song with no <laughs> Kanye. As he's like, yeah. you thought Life of Pablo was a, was a gospel album. Here's an actual gospel album. You know, no pretense about it. Yeah. And, it really doesn't. It never gives up on that. It never stops being a gospel album. It continues that for the whole album, which is really impressive to me because so many albums start with an idea and then they just kind of become the same thing that artist has always done. But this album really continues it through the whole album. And I think that that sound has never been done before. Like, I can't think of a song that sounds like hands on. Like, what sounds right. like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. We have the overview of your Kanye listening experience. Um, anything you want to, else you want to talk about with Kanye before we head into your favorite songs? Uh, no, I don't think I had anything else. Well, first let's cover your favorite. Can you do a top three Kanye albums? Um, my solid top three has always been Yeezus, Ye, Pablo. Uh, I switch back and forth between Pablo and Ye at two and three, but that's always mm. my top three. Yeah, I always switch between Jesus and Pablo as number one because I love them for completely different reasons. Yeah, Pablo is, you know, this it's like his second My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. It like expands mm-hmm. on Jesus in this huge way. It's an hour long. It has all these different parts to it. But then Ye is so so subtle and so like condensed. It, it, does, it does everything it needs to in like 25 minutes. And that's always so impressive to me. Yeah, all classics. And then the moment we've all been waiting for, we're, we're extending the usual top five to a top 10 for Alex, but he's been begging to get on here for so long. We felt kind <laughs> of obligated to. So top 10, let's do it. I had to adjust it. When you said I had to do a top 10, I had to adjust it before I recorded this. So at five. I, <laughs> yeah, my number one is actually kind of cliche. It's Runaway. Oh, Runaway is amazing, though. Yeah, Runaway is amazing, though. That outro is just, I think, my pick for, like, the best three minutes of music ever recorded. Mm. Um, then number two is Ghost Town. Three is Hold Beautiful. My Liquor. Four is Father Stretch My Hands, part one. Five is Selah. Mm. Six is I'm In It. Seven is Wolves. Eight, Blood on the Leaves. Nine, Lost in the World. Ten, Waves, which narrowly beats out I Thought About Killing You. I sat there <laughs> for, like, five minutes debating which one to put at ten. <laughs> I think you and I are the only people in the world that have waves in top 10. That beat is just untouchable. As much as I dislike Chris Brown, that beat is untouchable. You know, every time waves gets brought up, like it's you inevitably have to bring up Chris Brown. I'm going to go ahead and pitch it right now. Like, let's just stop doing it because <laughs> no shit. Chris Brown is a shit. <laughs> like, yeah, does that be like stated every time we talk about waves. I mean, it's part of the song, though. Kanye said he specifically wanted someone controversial on the song. I guess so. But, I, but yeah, I don't know. All right, keep talking. Yeah, about Chris but Brown. the problem is that Chris Brown is actually talented, and he does a really good job on that song. 
So it's like, it's very conflicting, but at least Cuddy comes in with the, the hums on the second half and I feel good about it then. <laughs> it balances it out. <laughs> yes, it does. Oh man. That's a great top 10. Uh, glad to see a Jesus is Kane son on there. It, it yeah. sounds like first listen really colored your experience. Yeah. I just, I have a thing for like just amazing musical moments like something that just blows me away, like the Ghost Town outro or the New Slaves outro, something like that that's just absolutely insane musically, and that's what Sela does to me. Those yeah. chords or something else. Yeah, when I, uh, you weren't at the Jesus is King listening party, were you? No, I couldn't make it. Yeah, that when Sela played, that was that was the song where like the way people were moving and bumping and like I don't know, that was the one. Like when I heard it, I was like, oh shit, is like this the next Runaway? But, yeah, that's that's kind of where I was because I heard bits and pieces of it from Sunday service and I would I would hear that and I'm like that's absolutely incredible and then I heard it for the first time and I'm like yeah, this is at that level. Yeah. of just incredible musical moments. I remember reading like, a, I was reading a review somebody wrote it must have been of the New York listening party but they wrote like then Kanye played the song called Selah and like, it was really annoying because like they were shrieking uh, hallelujah over and over. And I was like, man, like it's crazy that two people can have like polar opposite reactions to that song. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just kind of how music is where people can react to things totally different. I know people who find the runaway outro annoying and I just like, that kind of blows my mind because it's so beautiful <laughs> to me. But at the end of the day, it's just how people hear things. Yeah. Uh, can't do anything about it, but yeah. Or people like don't like the mixing on Ghost Town at the end because the drums are kind of weird. And... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always stay out of the mixing discussions. Like, not that I think I need to be like knowledgeable or like an expert in that kind of stuff, but like every time someone says something like that, I'm like, do you know like what you're talking about? Like, I don't, I can't get into it. I I do get into it just because I actually <laughs> I think I have an ear for that stuff where I. I will admit the first mix of Jesus is King was kind of rough. Pusha T's vocals on Use This Gospel did not sound great, but pretty much all my problems I had with it were fixed. He but still I, sounds kind of tinny, though. He does a little bit. It sounds more like the mic than the mixing, though. It sounds like he just recorded oh, totally. on a bad mic. Yeah, it's and weird. a bad mic in a big open room. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's not much you can do with that uh, unless... I don't know. Usually if there's mic noise, you can EQ out a little bit of the middle section and it'll get rid of that. But I think Push's voice is really resonant there. So if you do that, you'd like deplete a lot of his vocal tone. So it was really hard to mix that. Well, I think there's a reason for it, but we'll talk about it on the show. Alex, thank you. Oh, you, so- think, <laughs> you think there's reasoning behind that? <laughs> totally. Totally. 100%. Wow. I know you 100%. said you had a theory about Kanye's, um, uh, why he do- does the whole, um, IRS line on uh, on God. <laughs> I think that might have been Chris. <laughs> that might have been that might have been Chris. That, that wasn't me. Wait, he's texted me about that, and I'm very interested to talk about that on the show. <laughs> I am too, because I actually have an idea for it too. I, I do think there's a reason for it, and I and I said this on Twitter too. Like the Pusha T thing is like too obvious to not not that uh, not that I'm saying like. Kanye wanted to make it sound like he didn't go into the studio, like make this sound as shitty as possible. But Mm -hmm. I think there's a certain power that comes from his voice in that moment that applies to what's going on in the album's general narrative. And um, I don't know. I I think there's a lot of emotion that comes from 
a sound like that that you wouldn't get from like a really clean polished take yeah and the same thing with like people were talking about how they don't like the solo saxophone bit (laughs) i love it and then i heard what was that that edit that somebody made where somebody like put the saxophone over the beat and i was like it sounds so bad yeah Uh, (laughs) on top of just sounding bad it takes away from my theory so i reject it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like kanye i think very intentionally does the things he does and if he puts a saxophone solo with no beat there there's a reason for it and i think the fact that the solo is so airy and like uh clean that again completely juxtaposes like the the voices you've been hearing on the song so again all intentional like even Kanye's vocal sounds very rough on it. Like everybody's vocal does, except and then you go into the saxophone bit, which sounds like perfect. Yeah. Mm. Can't wait to talk about it. But yeah, that's for another day. Yeah. For now, we have to first of all thanks out. Al- thank Alex for coming on the show. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. But thank you again for so much coming on. And uh, now it is time for your last call. We're gonna lay down the last call beat. A beat you called one of the most beautiful beats ever laid down and uh we're just gonna let you talk about whatever you want to talk whatever you want to plug whatever's on your mind just it's all yours now thank you guys so much for having me i had a great time talking kanye um i'm really excited to see where uh his music goes next uh i don't know if this gospel thing's just gonna be a phase or if it's gonna carry on into his next stuff but i'm always very excited i'm always excited for just new music in general um francis and the lights is coming out with an album tonight i'm very excited for that um i'm excited to just keep up with all the new stuff that's happening um i'm excited to have a good time continuing to talk and enjoy music with people and uh continuing to make music and doing my thing i'm finally getting a studio set up which is going to be very exciting because i'll have you know actual professional equipment to do my work with uh so uh if you need anything mixed my twitter is at alex mj johnson please you know dm me say you need something mixed i will do it gladly um and yeah thank you guys so much for having me i had a great time and i am and they ask me they ask me they ask me i tell them Raise your glasses, your glasses, your glasses to the sky. This is the last call for alcohol for the. So get your ass up off the wall. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.